0: Five, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit flip
1: off Hey, good, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Life Ministries, and I have my good friend and uh, one of my sage mentors, uh, Dr. Chuck Coker in the studio today. Again, what a treat for me. If you're just tuning in to SWAT for the first time, SWAT Radio stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. That means we stand for truth, and the ultimate source of truth is God himself. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so the truth, Uh, that we stand for and that we advance is the truth of God as it points to Jesus. And um, we don't hold back sometimes. If you just tune in, we we may be in conversation about some things going on in our culture. Typically, the first 15 minutes we do that. uh, And then um, we generally go into the things we covered at SWAT this week or the past week. And the past week, we had Dr. Coker come in and share about Growing into spiritual maturity, we're going to be talking about that uh, some uh, in a few minutes after we get through this uh, first um, segment. But uh, Dr. Coker, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Hopefully, uh, we, it wasn't too painful yesterday for no, you. No,
2: no, it was. It was absolutely wonderful, and uh, I love what you mentioned about what is uh, about truth. And here's one of my favorite sayings: What is truth? Mm. According to Pontius Pilate, that was his statement. Truth is a man. Mm. He's Jesus Christ.
1: That is that is very well put. And uh, uh, if you are not familiar with Dr. Coker, I want to uh, give you his website. Uh, and this is um, it's a great place for you to go. Uh, it's lifethrive.com. That's L-I-F-E-T-H-R-I-V-E.com. Uh, he's got a whole team of people on there. And what they do is Life Thrive. Um, they basically want to help you understand people um, so that your organiz- organization can better utilize the people that are there and better interact with other people. Is that a good way to put that?
2: Very good. Um, we're in the business of organizational development, whether it's a, a secular or a faith-based organization. And we use assessments to accelerate the organizational development process, which can take a long time. We do it in about half the time.
1: Yes. And and so he is in the business of looking at data or data, depending upon where you come from, but and then taking that and helping your people learn how to interact with other people in a way that benefits both you and them, right? I mean, and
2: it accelerates the productivity, profitability, and performance of the organization.
1: And you've been doing this for how many years, Doctor Cooker? Uh, just thirty-five. Um, only thirty-five. <laughs> so he he does have a little bit of experience, and so. Um, I uh, highly recommend him, not just in a business sense, but also uh, if you have a nonprofit or a church. I've personally witnessed his walk with the Lord. I've taken him with me. You know, you learn a lot about people when you take them on a mission trip, don't That's you? Right. And and so we got a chance to um, to travel to Russia together, and um, you know. When you went to Russia, what did you notice about getting off the plane over there as compared to life here in America?
2: Oh my gosh, it was um, it was like going back forty, 50 years, uh, just looking at the infrastructure um, that is so dated in comparison to what you and I grew up in.
1: Mm-mm. uh i I think we we are we are in a time I, you're you're in your seventies. I'm in my sixties. I've never would have guessed we would be where we are as a nation right now. Well, that's for sure. And I, you and I both served in the Marine Corps. I sent you a tweet or showed you a tweet yes. that I saw today that was put out by the official Marine Corps Twitter feed, which I have to tell you was really upsetting to me because, uh, folks, if you want to have social experimentation in the culture – There's a couple of places you don't want that to impact. One is law enforcement. Two is the military. And not necessarily in that order but because they both provide a very vital service. But the military, the U.S. Marine Corps, put out today about June and how they are taking pride in recognizing and honoring the contributions of LGBTQ plus whatever else letters they want to put in there. And I was just asking Dr. Coker, we don't even know what contributions they've made because it never was an issue until this woke stuff came into our culture and they started making it about that. It was never the one thing the Marine Corps has always been great about is it didn't matter what happened in the other part of your life when you raised your right hand, you were a Marine. That's right. That was it. Mm-hmm. They didn't care if you were a black Marine, White Marine, Yellow Marine, Gay Marine. <laughs> it didn't matter. You were a Marine. And now we are starting to see the services deteriorate, I believe, in mm-hmm. a way that is detrimental to our country. And folks as believers, we need to pray. Mm-hmm. We need to pray that that God would raise up godly leaders to repent you know Tony Evans, who I know you're, you're very familiar with, s- has stated recently that he believes that God's judgment is on us right now.
2: Wouldn't surprise. I mean?
1: And, and Tony Evans is not a he's he's not a guy who's just going to be a doom and gloom guy, but he said that he quoted Second Chronicles 15, which says one nation was being crushed by another, and one city by another. Because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. And then he went to Romans 1, which speaks of God removing himself from those who remove themselves from God. And if you remember, what led up to that was men exchanging passions that are natural, in other words, God-given passions for men Mm -hmm. instead of a man desiring a woman, a man desiring a man, and a woman the same. And now we have our most elite military branch the ones the first ones the president sends in is saying we're celebrating pride in the fact that we're recognizing not the fact that we have marines but we have gay marines and i'm telling you chuck that's just very disturbing to me as as a former marine and as somebody who cares deeply about the readiness of our country to to be a force for good Mm -hmm. uh, i think we i think we're on the road to losing a war unless something changes
2: well you're 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 right Doug and being an officer of Marines yes as we both were makes it even more heartfelt mm-hmm. in what you're expressing because you and I both know that when you turn away from God you lose the power the spirit and the capacity it's just like first Peter 3 when you can't get along with your wife, it says very plainly, God's going to hinder your prayers. In other words, he's basically saying to you that if you two can't get it together, why should I listen to you?
1: Yes. I mean, well, yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking, you know, if you go through the Bible and look through the Old Testament, every time people turned away from God Mm -hmm. and following his commands and his statutes and look to other people other nations, whether it was Egypt, Assyria, it didn't matter. They failed. Yep. They they never could. I remember when God rebuked uh, the people because they didn't have faith. When they went into going to go into the promised land, they said, no, they're too strong, they're too strong. And God rebuked them, and they said, okay, we're going to go do it. And God said, no, don't go now. <laughs> and then they went, and they got their rear ends handed to them, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and that's what happens. And I'm just – if you're listening to this today, can I just tell you, um, you better prepare. The next month you're going to get bombarded. It is Gay Pride Month. You're going to see it in your emails. You're going to see it on signs everywhere. And I was just telling uh, Dr. Coker how frustrating it is because you know who's made contributions to our culture throughout time is Christians. That's right. People that love Jesus. Every orphanage. Every hospital usually can trace its roots back to a Christian that had the idea to take care of those that were in need
2: and the same thing goes for academic institutions Harvard, Princeton, Yale were all started as seminaries
1: yeah and and now these are the most liberal places I mean like these these institutions and so. Uh, and now they're they're looking at using LGBTQ flashcards in elementary schools, and because, it, and the sad part is, if I want to go back to what Dr. Evans said, if this is God's judgment, can I encourage you, if you're listening today, to be part of the remnant, mm. be part of the remnant that says we won't compromise. We're no, we're not going to celebrate gay pride. We're not. That doesn't mean you have to be ugly to gay people. We want to love gay people, and we want to reach out to them and be a light to them and pray for them. Mm-hmm. But we do not affirm anything that goes against God's design or his word. That's right. As a believer, we have an ultimate responsibility to be loyal to God above everything. Mm-hmm. And it, and if we don't, if we go out and we allow ourselves to be cowering into Affirming things that go against God, you're going to be standing on the wrong side of the line. And I'm telling you, if God's judgment's coming, remember when he told the people when Dathan and them rebelled, and he said, listen, step away from them. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just, this is a warning. You you might want to step away from affirming things that go against God's word. Because he is a loving God, but he's also a just God. There you go. Yeah. So, hey... Sorry, didn't mean to go on that rant, Dr. Coker. <laughs> we, we will uh, be back, and we're going to talk about growing into spiritual maturity. Uh, thank you, folks, for listening. And if you want more information about SWAT, uh, the SWAT radio program, or SWAT Bible studies, go to www.swatradio.com. We have broke for the summer. We'll come back in September, and uh, hope you have a good summer, and uh, come right back with more of Dr. Coker on SWAT radio.
0: at www.astore.com.
1: They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Stood on this stage, night after night, reminding the hey, welcome broken, back to SWAT Radio. Right, it's Doug McCary. Right, hey, before we jump into the spiritual maturity, I just want to go back. We were talking about, because again, we do not want to be uninformed. We, we talk about these cultural values, the first segment, because a lot of times, you know, you, we go to church and we get the teaching. And then you get out into the world, and um, they didn't celebrate Pride Month back during the Bible. So you have to look at principles and look at God's interaction with people. And again, you will be bombarded this month with this message that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's unloving if you don't affirm people's right to choose a gay life's lifestyle. And we're not talking about a right to choose a lifestyle. But it is not right to choose that lifestyle. It is morally wrong because it goes against God's design. That's what makes it wrong. Not that it's against Doug McCary's design. It's against the God of the universe's design. And we as believers come under the authority of the Scriptures. And those Scriptures are very clear. And Chuck, you were just uh, saying before the break, about how two major denominations now are about to have a split because you have leaders within this denomination. They're saying, hey, we need to affirm this lifestyle as being okay. Hmm. How do you get there from Scripture?
2: Well, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's the challenge. And so many people now are ascribing to this mentality along with the fact that there, quote, unquote, is no hell. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the gospel is being so diluted Mm -hmm. uh, by teachers today who are trying to make a name for themselves and differentiate themselves, so they have to have an agenda. Mm -hmm. And by pushing that agenda, um, whether it be social justice or whatever it might be today, because there's a plethora of different um, concepts out there, you literally steer a person away from the gospel. And it reminds me of what Jesus said to the Pharisees. Um, you, you make people go through all of these steps and you load heavy laws on their back only to make them devils like yourself.
1: Well, yeah. And, and, and you know, it's interesting because I was reading in revelation this morning. Um, and, and when I was reading this text, it just struck me, when it, and it was the message to the churches, right? You know, it's, it's in Revelation 3, mm-hmm. and it was one of the last churches. But when he was speaking to the church of Philadelphia, he says, I know your works. I have set before you an open door which no one's able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you've kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but lie. And I was thinking about that. There's a lot of people in our country that say they're Christian and they're not. They lie. They worship in the synagogue of Satan. Because if you're not under the authority of God's word, then... And I'm not talking about a straying believer. I'm talking about somebody who is consciously walking in disobedience to embrace something so counter to God's design mm-hmm. that they're willing to disobey the God of creation and and lead others to do it.
2: You're right, Doug. And, you know, um, if most people understood Greek, they would see this in the Scripture because in 1 Corinthians 6 where it says there will be no God, uh, gays there will be no thieves there will be no murderers in heaven it uses the aorist tense which means that this is a constant lifestyle so adopting that lifestyle is what god is against and what it also differentiates is the fact that if you did this you are not condemned mm-hmm. if it is not a lifestyle of yours that's why nothing that we can do is beyond forgiveness.
1: Well, in fact, in that text, Paul says, such were some of you. Yes. But God delivered, and that's the thing. You know, I just got a, a text from a guy who says, you know, we've reached the time where we call evil good and good evil. That's right. And, and, and we have, and as, you know, we, we think about what's going on in the world, the impact it's having on our young people. There was a recent New York Times survey, 94% of school counselors, 94 said their students show more anxiety and depression now than even before the pandemic.
2: Well, i got to tell you something. There was an article in Neuroscience News in January of this year, and it said this, people that affirm Christianity but, but do not live by those rules end up having anxiety, paranoia, and depression at three times the normal level. Wow. So you can say you believe something, but if you don't live it, you're going to suffer anxiety. And here's the key anxiety is an outgrowth of fear. Mm -hmm. And fear, according to most people, psychologists included, Doug, Mm. say that fear is an emotion. Mm. Fear is not an emotion, it is a spirit. Second Timothy one seven I have not given you what Doug, the, the spirit, spirit of, of fear, fear, but of power, and so when we get anxious it's simply oppression from the dark side, mm-hmm. and we need to know that and take our stand against it
1: yeah and and I think it's running rampant right now in our country and you know, yesterday you alluded to First John two twelve, where it talks about three three basically categories of of growth, maybe or or three places along the line of spiritual maturity. One was little children. Mm-hmm. What's that Greek word again? Techno is it? Well, there's, there's
2: actually two words, Doug. So we actually have four categories. Okay. Um, uh, technon.
1: Technon. That's what it was.
2: Is a Child totally dependent. Peadyan is a learning child. In other words, someone who's begun to go to school and learn or or apprentice themselves. Then you move to the young adult uh, who actually performs work for the Lord and conquers Satan under certain circumstances. But the real graduation is to the level of church father or a spiritual adult, and that's given the name pater, And pater does not mean just a physical father, someone who has done this through intercourse. It is the leader of a mental movement. And that's what we are to our families, Mm -hmm. but it is also what we are to society.
1: Yeah, one of my uh, friends one time taught a Bible study for men called it takes more than sperm to be a father, you know, I mean, <laughs> and he right. was alluding to the fact that we have so many young men in our country who have been fathered physically, mm-hmm. but not spiritually. Oh, yes. And and they've not been um, grown. And so, um, you know, when I, I think, you said there were four, so I got the Technia, the Padeon, pa- pad, uh, Padeon, and then and then and okay and then the uh the pater how do you differentiate the the way we interact as people like let's say um like the 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 level to grow from a from the dependent I mean can you talk a little bit about that like how you would like let's say you're a Pater because you've been around a long time, you're maturing, you're discipling. So if if a a young infant-dependent Christian, Mm -hmm. somebody who just came to faith, where would your focus be with that person?
2: Well, the focus would be on helping them begin to ingest the Scripture and learn what is actually important and answer the whys of the questions that they're going to ask. Then when you move to that learning child in the second level, they begin to digest it and use the reasoning for their growth and development. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that we were losing our reasoning ability. uh, ability. And the learning child is actually going to be able to take that information and feed it. But that just simply means they're going to church. Mm-hmm. They're hearing the message. It doesn't mean they're actually applying it. And that's where the young adult comes in, because they're actually applying the prayer. They're mm-hmm. actually applying stepping out in faith.
1: One of the things I see we that we miss out on, I think, in our culture today is when I look at Jesus with the disciples, it seems to be a pattern of teaching modeling, sending out with leadership and supervision, and then saying, okay, now you're out. You go do it on your own without me.
2: Well, yes. Along with the correction and the accountability. That's right.
1: And that's what I'm saying with the supervision, he, he would correct. But even when he sent them out without him, like he, he would disperse them and they came back, they come back praising that, Hey, we were able to cast out demons. He says, don't, Don't take joy in that. That's The focus is on you. He said, you should rejoice that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There you go. And put the focus back on God. Mm -hmm. And I think today, Chuck, we don't see as much modeling and sending. There's a lot of micromanagement that takes place if there is any enabling to go do ministry. And when we come back, I would like you to speak to that a little bit about, like, some of the tools that you have on your website for personalities and learning, and address that. How would you address that with, say, a pastor or a ministry leader that tends to micromanage? Because they're concerned about results, they're concerned about measurables, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Could you address that when we come back? Because we're going to have a, we're going to have a break here, uh, Steve. How long? We got a minute. Uh, we got about a minute. So. Um, so just just as a recap of the question, um, a lot of micromanagement happens today in mm-hmm. churches, nonprofits, and even out in the corporate world, because people are afraid to let people fail, mm-hmm. and 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 so they, because they they don't want to fail. I mean they're 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 on the line. Sure. And some of the the greatest leaders I've known have been great at saying, you know what, go out and try it, go do it. And, and they just let you go. And even if you fail, they're going to be there to say, Hey, okay, what did you learn from it?
2: There you go. And, and That's so, difficult.
1: so, so when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about the micromanagement aspect and how you deal with it. Hey, you're listening to uh, Dr. Chuck Coker, lifethrive.com, L-I-F-E-T-H-R-I-V.com talking about spiritual maturity. We're going to be right back after the news break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned.
0: My destiny. Hey, welcome
1: shall. back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Today I have Dr. Chuck Coker, and we've been talking uh, about a lot of things. But uh, re- recently, the last segment, we were talking about pretty much uh, God's secret uh, for spiritual uh, depth and purpose. And he was talking about the different stages of spiritual maturity. You know, just stop and think for a second. He, he mentioned dependent children that can only handle milk, uh, a child who is under instruction, maybe a young adult or a spiritual father. And um, he gave the Greek words technia for a child who is dependent like a baby who can do nothing on its own, totally dependent. And you know it's it's funny, Chuck. Um, I I think it was Paul. It might have been in Hebrews. Um, we we don't know who it was written by, but said no. I think it was Paul. Paul was saying you can you can't handle meat, right? Or That's right.
2: It? He said that to the Corinthians.
1: Yeah, he said you can't handle meat. You are that baby. That's right. That that dependent baby. That's a technia. And then the child under instruction is padion. or is peadian. Peadian, and then neon. I can't say it. Ninoskos, yeah, Ninoskos is the young adult, <laughs> and then my, my Greek's rusty, and then <laughs> Pater is the spiritual father, and so, you know, one of the the things you were talking about the other night last week was our purpose. Mm. I, I I remember one time there was a, a we, the, we were doing man on the street interviews, and I, I would use these in evangelism training seminars. And there was a flight attendant for Delta that was asked in an airport, what's your purpose? And she took a minute and 45 seconds thinking. Now, on video, that is an extremely long, long time. Yep. And the sad part was at the end of a, a minute and 45 seconds, she looked into the camera and said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you don't know your purpose in life, then it's easy for you to be taken off course.
2: Absolutely.
1: And and you talked about that last week. Why is purpose so important for us as believers? Well,
2: purpose, we have one purpose when we ask Christ into our life after he beckons us, and that is to glorify God. There is no other purpose. It's, you see, life is not about us. It's about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when we think about purpose, it's not to sell this or be someone or gain acclaim. It is about honoring God. So when I ask Doug, what's your purpose, your answer should be to glorify God, but each person glorifies God differently. Mm-hmm. And the way that you fulfill your purpose Doug and all of our listeners is to become the person that God created you to be. Then you fall into that good and perfect will rather than permissive will that you were predestined because God's going to get you where he wants you to go, especially if your name is written in the book of life.
1: You know, that's very freeing too. When you think about it like that, because I remember early in ministry, I was looking for people to be like.
2: Mhm.
1: I mean it's okay to gain um you know to gain wisdom from seeing people and and even to emulate some of their characteristics. Exactly. But to wanna be somebody else? I even when Paul said imitate me as what I imitate Christ. Yes. We we all are flawed people and those people that I admired were flawed too. Mhm. And, you know, we all have our own unique backgrounds experience, as you said this last week, and it's so freeing to realize that I don't have to be anybody but who God made me to be. That's right.
2: That's right. It takes a lot of pressure off of us because Jesus said there's freedom. Mm-hmm. Paul said there's freedom in us. Not all things are beneficial, but all things are permissible. That's why we can be ourselves before God, because he understands all of the pressures we've experienced, all of the hard life experiences that we have been through. And those are compensating factors so that he can understand us from a perspective that we can't
1: even understand ourselves. Well, and you said that in today's culture, specifically within the church culture, um, that a lot of times, the church and 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 I would even say Christian nonprofits or ministries tend to ignore um, the individual purpose aspect. Absolutely. And they try. You said they try to put us into holes or try to fill holes, is what you said. Exactly. And well, talk about that in a second.
2: Sure, churches have issues. They don't have nursery work. They don't have greeters. They don't have money to count. Uh, They don't have people to count the money in the offering. So what they do is they say, Doug, Hey, would you, would you be a greeter? Well, and obviously this is hypothetical, but if Doug was an introvert,
1: (laughs) that's very hypothetical.
2: (laughs) How would you feel standing up, greeting everybody that came in? Hmm. That's why in 39 years since I started Yesha Ministries, I have never asked someone to do something. I have asked them what God has called them to do. And you know what, Doug? I don't have holes. I have people that are there because they're serving God and mm. fulfilling their purpose rather than filling a hole the church has. If the church has a hole there, it's a, there's a reason. Mm. There is a reason.
1: And, again, this doesn't just apply to churches. It's also business. It's also Absolutely. and nonprofits or other ministries. Well, you, you gave us three questions to really help us identify our purpose the other night. One of them was, will I be accepted for who I am? I have had so many conversations, Dr. Coker, with people who say, you know what, God can't use me. That's right. Um, and I, I've, I've blown it too bad. In fact, I was on an airplane one time who guy was 64 years old, and he said, you know what, I've ruined my life, and there's no hope for me. In fact, I was in a store today, and a guy had a tattoo on his hand. that said hope, and his other hand said less, hopeless. Mm. And talk about people out there that might feel that. They might feel like, you know, I don't know what my purpose is, but I've I've messed up my life and I don't know what to do about it you know is there hope for me well
2: the bible says very plainly that forgiveness comes through one person <laughs> yeah and that's jesus christ so if he can forgive what we say in our hearts when we say i'm beyond forgiveness we are literally arguing with god We are telling God that we are smarter than him. We have more capacity and we know what he can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, I don't want to stand before God with that in my mouth.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't either. I don't. And one of the verses that rings over and over and over again in my mind is, and I love it because it just, and you see it in the way God interacts with his people. This is why it's so important to read the Bible because when you see it in his word you see his interaction with people you see these patterns his mercies are new every morning. Oh yeah. I mean that is just such a comforting verse uh to me and I've been very blessed with a wife who is a very forgiving wife mm. who both, has both. To, yeah we we <laughs> who has to deal with our idiosyncrasies and stuff and we live in a time now where people write people off forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, like they they just can't seem to forgive. And I keep coming back to that passage in the Bible where he says, I've forgiven you. Mm -hmm. You go and do likewise. I mean, we've been forgiven to forgive, Mm -hmm. right? And, And a lot of times we allow little minor things to become barriers to purpose, to relationship, to all these things. And that's why you know I love the verse you use Second Corinthians five seventeen. We're all new creations. That's right in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the key part in Christ. We're new creations. Um, you also talk about. You gave us this question: Is there something happening in the church body, or I would say the church universal that's bigger than me? Mm-hmm. That's a great question.
2: Well, it is, and all three of these questions have to be answered by by the individual coming in because people want to be part of something that gives them reach, Mm -hmm. that gives them the ability to do things beyond their natural scope. And so when a person asks that question, uh, are people being saved here? Are people being sent out short and long-term missions trips? Are people doing this and that, they need to know that there is a pathway for their growth and development. And if there is no pathway for growth or development, the person will leave. And let me give you a perfect example in our society today. The College of Continuous Learning says that the number one desire by employees under 40 years old is that they receive education or their their resume is being built over and above and that is the number one factor not money not title but I want to be grown you see companies ask two questions can they do the job and will they do the job Mm. the employees have these two questions is this a good place to work and will you build me personally? Yeah. Will and you help me? me?
1: Yeah. Will you gr- help me grow? Because I think it's innate in all of us to want to grow.
2: Absolutely. It's
1: a God given desire. That's why I love dealing with this purpose. And the last question you said, "How am I gifted and equipped to meet my calling of service to the kingdom?" And I think a lot of us, yeah, everybody takes spiritual gift tests. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of spiritual gift tests, but a lot of times they're so generic. And when you go and take these tests, I mean, it says you're a prophet (laughs) or it says you're and we know there's no prophets like there were old prophets. I mean, but I mean, it it may say you're you have a gift of apostleship or which means you're entrepreneurial or, you know, whatever. I want to talk about on your site how people can find out their spiritual gift so they know for free. For free, without any cost to them when we come back. But you're going to have to stay tuned through the break. We're going to be right back after this last break. And if you, if you've taken a test, let me just encourage you to go to his website, lifethrive.com, and he's going to tell you how to go there and identify your spiritual gift and, and how that will be important for you. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after this last break on SWAT Radio.
0: We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls.
1: We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, been to the river too that's david crowder i love that song i've uh, been washed in the blood and chuck has too dr coker um you know we, we were talking about this issue of identifying your purpose and there, there's been spiritual gifts i i've been tested so many times in my life i was tested the marine corps i was tested outside of the marine corps when i first got into ministry um I was evaluated, believe it or not, by Howard Hendrick's son. He's got mm-hmm. a evaluation where he basically takes your life story and gets you to kind of talk about what your life is like. And he you answer a whole series of questions. He does like four hours of interviews with you. And then he gives your organization some kind of thing about um you. Like it's it's like a blueprint of you. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fascinating, and why should somebody listening out there they've taken a spiritual gift test and they say, I know I have the gift of helps, and I know I have this what What will they get when they go to lifethrive.com dot com and take your evaluation there
2: well it's it's going to be radically different um doug, and i'll tell you why because the spiritual gifts tests that are on the Internet now measure the gift, but they have no clue about explaining it to you and how to put it in action and who it might relate to scripturally. Okay. So we have a 10-page printout that, at no cost to um, our listeners that will go on to lifethrive.com. Go up to the link that says assessments, and it'll give you a drop-down menu for free assessments. And there's two, or three assessments there that I would encourage you all to take. The behaviors, values, shows you the genetics. Jeremiah 1, five that God gave you when you were born. It also shows you what's important to you. Esther 4.4, 4, for such a time as this, what were you given educationally? But the spiritual gifts are given to us in clusters. Mm -hmm. Now, how many times have you heard that? Clusters are types of spiritual gifts because, you see, God has divided what I see as the 20 spiritual gifts into two categories. There are categories that measure your natural personality and priorities that God will use in service to the kingdom, but then the other ten are supernatural they are not something that your natural personality is going to have an impact on. Mm. And so when you measure those, what I feel is the most important thing to express is where are the clusters? Where, where are most of the gifts? Because we are not just one spiritual gift. No. We are clusters of gifts, and those gifts give us our direction and help us understand our purpose. And let me share one thing with you real quick. I was teaching this at a local church recently, and a lady started crying in the midst of my presentation. And I said, what's the matter? I stopped the class and walked over. She says, this test tells me that I have the gift of teaching. My parents told me from the time I was young that I was too dumb. I could not teach. I did not have what it takes. Guess what? Two years later, she was teaching at a local elementary school. Wow. Why? Because that spiritual gift gave her purpose, Mm -hmm. and it gave her direction, and then... Well, it
1: affirmed what was there that had been devalued by people in her life, and that happens a lot, doesn't it?
2: It does, and it's amazing, and that's why after you take those spiritual gifts, remember, these are things that you do, Mm -hmm. but... Take the fruit of the spirit assessment on the same website, and it'll tell you how far along the maturity process you are because it will help you understand which aspects of the fruit of the spirit are lacking. And again, some of that comes from our natural behaviors.
1: Well, so I'm just on your website now. So, free assessments. Are behaviors and values; these are motivators, right? Right, mm-hmm. and then culture performance index. What what you what you try to achieve, right? Is that what it well, measures?
2: The culture performance index is to measure the engagement of people in their faith based organization, okay, or their or their corporate. Then the gifts it, of the spirit, fruit of the spirit, are more focused on our spiritual lives
1: okay and then the coachability assessment is that your teachability assessment that's
2: my teachability i
1: I love that one that's great because i if you're teachable you can just about do anything can't you
2: that's right and you know so many people don't believe enough in themselves that they don't seek feedback and they don't know how to implement it because they're not seeking it, so this will literally tell you how to coach mentor, or disciple a person
1: all right that's great and now he also has paid assessments on there for if you're out there as a church or a business uh trustworthiness mm-hmm. uh, response to conflict what's the three hundred and sixty degree assessment that's what is that?
2: where your fellow employees evaluate you because over 50% of employees feel like their performance evaluations are subjective. In other words, it's more of a negative experience than a positive. When you do a 360, you get peer evaluation to go along with managerial account uh, um, feedback, and so consequently, what you're getting is a truer picture of who the person is, and guess what? The acceptance rate goes up to 72% with a 360, where it was less than 50% just by the manager doing
1: it. Well, well, there's a whole range of different assessments on there, and uh, I don't want to assume, so I want to ask you, if somebody's listening today and they're out in the corporate world or a, a church or a nonprofit, and they click on an assessment, will it explain what the assessment does? Yes. Okay. All right, so that website is lifethrive.com you know there's not too many things that are free today so people are going to say what's the catch like what is he what does he want for this I've uh, got what I want <laughs>
2: and it's an eternal blessing not a temporal blessing
1: yeah so so these are free assessments so if you have never really done a spiritual gift assessment. I'm not talking about taking a test just to identify, but an assessment, go there, do the fruit of the spirit assessment. I would encourage you to even do the coachability and behavior as well, because I think those are both important uh, aspects of growth. Um, And so those are free at lifethrive.com. That's L I F E T H R I V E.com. And, it, listen, if you're in town and you have a church, or whether you're in Virginia, Mississippi, out west, if, if you have a church that would benefit from Dr. Coker coming in, he mentors a lot of pastors. He's trained a lot of pastors and staff uh, throughout the world, actually. So go to lifethrive.com. You can contact them. Uh, he's not the only trainer there. There's others He's the best. <laughs> he's 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 the one that's been there the longest, and he's the only one I know. I don't know any of your other trainers, but I can vouch for you, and I'm sure if they're working with you, then uh, they're they're good. And uh, that's lifethrive.com. And, um, you know, it, let's say a church out there or, or ministry or even a business w- wants you to come do something. What's the process? They just reach out to you, and then you respond, and then you talk about pricing be, and all that how does that work
2: well i'm i'm happy to answer their questions the first thing i need to understand is where are the challenges within their organization whether it be faith based or corporate because every organization has challenges mm-hmm. and here's the thing in several years ago i did a study and i talked to 1463 different management teams wow and there were eight issues that were common, listen to this, Doug, with 1,200 of them. 1,200 out of the 1,463 had eight similar issues. R- Number one was finance, 76%. Number five was technology. But you know what the other six were? Why? People issues. People issues. Number two, career development, no career development path wrong person wrong position autocratic manager no synergy within the department and it goes on and on people the human factor is what makes a company success mm-hmm. successful and without addressing the human factor your organization will never be or reach its potential
1: and that what colin said in good to great and that the whole point is about the people in the exactly. organization and so what he's offering you uh dr Coker's offering is a way to not only assess the people in your organization but to help them learn how to better connect with each other and people they're trying to minister to as okay. far as ministry uh and if it's a business uh the client it's the people they're trying to reach well um you know, Doctor Coker, as I just look, I remember when Lori was working with you a long, long time ago. You didn't have near this much stuff then.
2: No, no. God's
1: we've... really grown your ministry through Life Thrive, and I'm just so grateful that we've been able to to have some time with you. Um, I will ask you this: you know, in in your experience with all the churches specifically churches, not necessarily business, but churches you've dealt with, what do you see as the primary issue with church, I mean with spiritual growth of the individual within the churches? What do you think the primary thing is?
2: Well, the biggest challenge that I have seen in virtually every church is the impact on the staff and the pastors because they're held to a standard that's not you you can't reach the standard because they expect you to be jesus and when you identify that we're flawed and that we learn through making mistakes which is the whole sanctification process then you have the freedom to operate and fulfill your purpose.
1: Yeah, because they're human just like we are, right? That's right. Yeah, they're not Jesus. That's right. They want to be like him, just like you and me. Well, hey, Dr. Coker, thank you again. The website is lifethrive.com. He said his book's coming out in about three to four months. We will be sure to let you know when it comes out. But for more information right now and to get those free assessments, go to lifethrive, that's dot com. If you want to listen to this or any past program, go to SWATradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. You can communicate with us at Facebook at SWAT radio Talk, Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. We'll be back tomorrow with a very special guest on guest day. It's my youngest son, Ryan. So tune in tomorrow. We'll see you. On SWAT.
0: If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com.